I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. And welcome back to Cage Old Question, where we ask, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? I'm Artoon, and this is my wife-to-be, Christina. Hello. And on this show, we watch the entire film catalog of Nicolas Cage in chronological order, working our way through 40 years of cinema. As a disclaimer, this is a personal podcast, not affiliated with any other third parties, and the opinions expressed herein are strictly our own. Christina, for today's episode, we are reviewing the 1988 direct-to-VHS film, Never on Tuesday, written and directed by Adam Rifkin. Curse his name. It, uh, let's start us, let's start off here. We watched it on YouTube. Mm. It is the only place to watch it, other than if you have a VHS player, and I don't know if you find a copy of this movie, I guess there must be some circulating around, because someone put it up on YouTube. Uh, and... Do you want to tell us a little bit? Well, the VHS was distributed by Paramount, so it could be that someone has a VHS that they were able to convert to DVD, then pull the Mm, video. Yes, like a personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know because the the official DVD release was supposed to go through City Light Entertainment that went out of business, and I was trying to babble to you. Uh, through the movie about how I'm like, I think I think what happened is that the distribution rights expired, and so now that's part of why you can just watch it on YouTube without them being able to do any takedown of it because um, they have lapsed, maybe, yeah. because they were like sold, passed around, not taken advantage of, exploited. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But maybe... the I'd say a lot of like the history of this film, it's like there's not answers to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. been like doing yeah, my yeah, research yeah. Oh, trying to figure out. That's why I'm. Ba- I'm like. I'm so like, much of I'm this. Like, if any l- lawyers who worked on that are happen to be listening to this podcast and they know more about it, please let me know. Yeah. Because um, I'm very curious to know. But yeah, it's yeah. You're it, you're gonna. Well. Sorry, well, I was gonna get a little bit into like what this movie is. Yeah. Oh, so b- before we launch in, I guess I guess my thing I would say is that. Um, don't watch this if you're looking to like have a good time. If you're looking to like be deeply cursed and watch some weird perverted nightmare, go for it. Yeah, I think Just, you could like, listen to this episode comfortably oh, yes. without oh, my listening. God. Oh my god! Or we'll be cracking this. some jokes. We'll be telling you. What, yeah, don't even worry about it. Um, but and then the other thing I was going to say before we launch into talking about this, if you can even call it a film, film, um, is a word from our sponsor. So I say Anushella. And then I know you always say whatever the correct version is. Anushala? Anushala. But I think if you're like recommending the restaurant to someone, you would you would say it in the more American version. Like oh, Anushala. Okay. So if people, if there's just, you know, a white chick walking down the street and she's like, oh, I love Anushala. Yeah, that'd be perfect. No be one's like, going to come, come for you. In. Yes, you're yes, so yes. It's like, not as bad great. as like saying like Chipotle or something. Oh, you know I mean? oh that was a great comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah, you. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Maybe if it becomes more mainstream, like yeah, it becomes you, a little so more you, niche. If you have any comfort with foreign languages, sure. maybe you would say... Anushala. Anushala. Yeah. Which, it's a great restaurant in Boston. Three locations, I believe. A timeout Market in Fenway Boston. and uh, in the South End. Uh, and you can go and grab some delicious Mediterranean fare. Yeah. It's Armenian a, fare. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's it's a... It's delicious. great, delicious. Fantastic. We've had it. We've had it multiple times. Well, this is not. I'm like Armenian food, so good. Maybe we should try to get it right. So, can you try to respectfully, without without condensation, teach me how to say the name in a way that I'll remember? Or no, you don't think so? Oh, I think it's just like Anush mm-hmm. Allah. Allah. So maybe I'm saying Ella, Ella, yeah. Ella, but it's Allah. Like Allah. What? It's almost like it's not Allah, like uh-huh. the Arabic. God, like, but it's like a little bit closer to that than I'd say Ella, 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 like umbrella. I know, but now, see, I'm just remembering Ella, Ella, Ella. That's what I'm saying. Ella, Ella, Ella. Anushala. 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 We'll work on this for the next episode. <laughs> okay, good. Well, let's get so, into this. It feels it feels appropriate to have done sort of a, to- a poor uh, message from our sponsor for this poor film. Yes. Just sloppy, sloppy. 
uh, business all around. Well, I, I mean, or you're not going to slander. I'm not. It well, I, well, we can we can slander it a bit, but I, I'll let. It's you, not I slander wanna, if it's true. To be I, honest, I, it's my opinion. So <laughs> try wanna, try. I want to just talk off. about it. I want to just talk about it for a second. So I want to give a quick plot uh, overview, a little bit about what this movie's about, especially since I'm assuming most of you haven't watched it, so we can tell you a little bit about yeah, what, what the story is. Yeah. So uh, when two friends, Matt and Eddie, uh, they live in Ohio and they're going to go to California. Why? To try to bang as many California babes as possible. On their way there, they crash into another car when they get into a little argument in the car. They crash into a car. Out comes Tuesday, the most gorgeous girl they have ever seen in their lives. There's a there's a poster for this movie on the the IMDb poster for it is has the log line as when Matt and Eddie dreamt of the ultimate fantasy, they never thought it would be like this. And the the twist that it's alluding to is that this beautiful fantasy woman is a lesbian. Yep, it's like wow, that's the craziest thing. That's ever happened to us in our lives. It's truly this summer where we met a hot, a hot lesbian. lesbian, and they're convinced. And we talked to her for the first two thirds, if not pretty much right till the end. Yeah, that they can turn her. Yeah, that's kind of their big, the big energy of yeah. the, of the film. And I'd say the so that let's differentiate these two. Um, Eddie is more the cool guy, per se. Like he's like kind of the more like the jock. Whereas Matt is the nerd. Matt is the nerd. That's interesting because I feel like the the uh, popular cultural connotation of those names has switched. Like Matt oh, is yeah. more of a cool guy name. Eddie is more of a dork name. Yeah, but and Eddie here, he's like Eddie is is the, the quote unquote cool guy. He's he, a cool guy. Matt's but they're the nerd. both virgins. they're both virgins, uh, and they're both like not that cool. But like no. I'm trying to play into what no, what but they it is think. no. I'm I'm just no. I'm of not course. correcting you. I'm just saying. I was just sort of like. I was realizing to myself, like, Eddie is not cool at all, obviously. Like, ob- like, like now, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, obviously, but at the time, I was like, okay, cool guy and nerd, yes. they're going on a road trip. Yes, now yes, I'm yes. like, no, it's one kid's into hair gel, and the other kid has glasses, and they are both horny losers. They're both unbelievable they horn dogs. So, Peter Berg plays Eddie, Andrew Lauer plays Matt, and Claudia Christian plays the titular Tuesday. Peter Berg ends up becoming a director he does end up becoming a director he's actually directed quite a few big hits he i mean hits uh he did friday night lights he did hancock that will smith like superhero movie he did deepwater horizon he did spencer confidential nice. which is that netflix movie all right that's so he's, enough. That's he's enough. Been... but he goes on he goes on he starts this is his first acting role he goes on to become a director of note yeah um and he's still acting he's still kind of acting in a lot of his own movies, but also like here and there. I mean, the guy's just a working. This is all three of them. It seems just kind of end up working in a hall in entertainment and in Hollywood for the rest of. And their, how how do you think that happened? I think they, you know, this was. I I don't think this tanked their careers. I don't think. No, this, no, no. Oh, how how do you think they like started working and continued working and perseverance? Mm, no, yeah, I would say it was networking and. Probably being born into Hollywood. Oh, are you, are you sure? Do you know that? I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. But when I was reading about it, it's, it was like, how did they get this movie made? And, it's, and it was just like, well, we were friends with a producer. Mm-hmm. And then he introduced us to like Nick Cage and these people. And we convinced them <clears throat> to do cameos. Gotcha. And it's like, but it's like a, a small budget, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like not picked up by distributors so like how are you getting a movie made and with stars and it's your first movie and you're 20 years old adam rifkin is 20 years old i want to reiterate which is if you're 20 years old and you're getting a movie made in hollywood Mm -hmm. you're either the greatest genius of all time (laughs) which is not the case or you've been born Mm. with a movie reel being slipped into your mouth so you, like he can try to come for me and be like, my dad was a plumber and I never like whatever. But I'm like, this really seems like, and I think it said he went to UCLA for like a year and dropped out, which sounds like just enough time to like meet some film bros, mm-hmm. make a couple of hours, which here's the thing, networking your way 
into a film career is still a success. Oh, it's also the only way to really do it. Like networking. No, don't say that. You can also be talented. You can network and talent. You can you can do both. I, I'm I'm like, <laughs> you can. You can, but I don't think. Don't say it's the only gets, way. Ta- talent, but you can do. You can no, have no, no talent. No, I'm not saying that the routes are no talent. No, I'm saying the paths to success in Hollywood uh-huh. are talent and networking. Or no talent and networking. Okay, sure. It's not talent and no networking. Yes, you that cannot. I, here's what I'll say: with if you're just very talented, but you have no networking skills nothing and you're not happen. doing it, nothing will happen. Thank for you, you, thank you. Okay, goodbye. Good. Yeah. All right. Okay, we're yeah. on the same page. Gosh, I love being on the same page. I was Excellent. so I was so I felt like I was wandering around in the woods. And, well, I, I no, I was yeah, lost. Yeah. I was lost. <laughs> well, I'm and glad, then, and then you came, you, you chopped <laughs> down my tree, you turned me into paper, and you were like, "Look, you were on the same page." Perfect. I'm That's great. Thank you. Um, so, well, I, I, I It's because I've been talking too much shit and I started getting nervous. I started getting defensive and mm-hmm. I think, but it's hard not to. I'm it's really. It's hard to not get defensive. I, I'm proud of you for, for. Because I think also, also <laughs> sorry, I'm going to get, uh, I, I, I'm on your team, mm-hmm. but I'm not on Adam's team. And I think I can feel self-righteous in not doing it being so because the movie opens with it's just like footage of girls bikini babes at the beach. Yeah, a lot of butts. A lot of butts. Not, I mean, some boobs, There's but like mainly boobs. butts. Well, it starts. It starts with butts, so it like eases you into it. Yeah. It desensitizes you to the female form. Yeah. And then it transitions <laughs> into the more salacious boob shots. Yes. And it's it's um, so the Adam Rifkin describes his movie as. Uh, two libidinous young males. They're uh, stranded in the desert, and he called it like waiting for Godot for teenagers, or mm. with with teenagers, mm-hmm. like. Um, and I think that that's sort of true. But he also had this vision for the movie that he wanted it to be progressive. He wanted it to be like, mm, and that's like, why there's a, she's lesbian. a lesbian. Yeah, yeah, and like, and they learn to love her for her mind and her character. And he, and I'm just, and I, like, I think he recognizes that it was not successful mm-hmm. and I think he says he's proud of the movie and I'm like maybe that's taken out of context and maybe it's just like I'm proud that this movie got me where I am the way of anything like I yeah. come to terms with it but if he's like actually like you know what like this I'm proud of this in, in any in any more substantial way I would love to just like you know you know, yeah. throw sand in his face okay. for a little well, bit because I, I would say this is an offensively bad movie. I think the reasons you're... So let's get... I think we're getting a lot to like how we feel about the movie ah. without talking about like the specifics because I agree with you for some parts, but like I think... This kind of goes back to an earlier point about a lot of these very small pictures that like aren't really meant to be... I mean, it's not that they're not meant to be seen, but it's like, how are two people in 2022 watching this, like, just for VHS movie? Like, I think when I'm looking at this, right, this guy wanted to make a movie, which is fine, which is a good thing, right? He's a filmmaker and he wants to make a movie. He writes and he directs it. And he's working with, like, pretty much unknown actors for the leads. He gets all these cameos from, let's say, his networking connections or maybe his father or his uncle. He's able to get pretty big cameos but the rest of it is just him and some friends like kind of making a very low budget movie out in the desert if the cameos don't happen this movie would never be seen there's no way it would like i can't imagine how it would come up for people in the future it would just be lost the same way i have so many shorts on youtube i have so many sketches on youtube we have so many monday morning shorts that we've done together that like i think imagine in 20 years we don't even know if YouTube will still be up in the same capacity that it is now. It feels like the point that you're... Or maybe you could get to it. Tell me. Oh, that like... It's fine. It's okay to make oh, something Oh, yes. Okay, bad. great. I'm glad that that's what you thought. You're, so you're... You, it sounds like your conclusion is that it's fine. It's okay to make this. And I, <laughs> and I think the reason I'm having such an emotional response mm-hmm. to this movie and to that premise of it's fine to make this... Is that I just finished reading Lucy Rigoret's uh, Je Tout Nu, it's a French title, 
um but it's like creating a culture of we but um 1989 book she is a female french philosopher and she's talking a lot about how unbelievably harmful it is to the female identity to have such an onslaught of the phallocentric patriarchal male culture put upon them and impressioned upon them. And I think in a world where there is already so much of that content that Mm -hmm. we're uh, inundated with, um, and where you're not going to be able to stop like the mega big blockbusters that are getting most of the funding and that mm-hmm. are going to be able to sell out box offices. Mm-hmm. I think it is uh, offensively bad to make uh, a low budget movie of this caliber, to make any, any uh, work of quote unquote art. I think it's, it's, indefensible and not worth making Uh and should be destroyed probably i'm like i'm like it is offensive to me that this was made it Uh is harmful to me that this was made i i I hear well let's get into the reasons why you feel offended i because i'd like i think i think it's just that your lip just twitched like like a dog like I, I want to get into let's get into the reasons why it is offensive because I, I don't disagree with you. I'll let me actually I'll kick us off. But I just wanted I also wanted to just say that that's on my mind. Of that's course. part of why because I'm you're very like, smart. You're reading philosophy books. You know you don't big, don't you're, don't you're, don't don't bully me. Don't bully me. No, you're don't reading, no, not, you're reading see, French philosophy. I don't no. That's not what I'm trying to say. This, embarrassing (laughs) that's not i i i'm sorry no 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 you don't need to be sorry we're also coming from this from like different points of view Uh, right you're also you're a misogynist i'm a (laughs) misogynist i'm a raging misogynist um and you are my sweet feminist and so what happens (laughs) frothing bitch (laughs) no christina oh my god sorry is this a PG thirteen uh, episode. No. Oh. Uh, so I want to get into the. Is this I wanna... rated? Oh yeah. Oh my god. This is big time rated R. Yes. Sorry. Yes. I've been trying to get Sorry, to. Sorry. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> uh, here are the things that happened in this movie. I'm going to give you a quick sequence of events. I've just written down. I've taken a lot of notes here. There's a bumper sticker that says California or boobs. And we a... don't get to California. We don't. We, we do. Get we definitely to get to boobs. Um, she steps out of the car. Where it's, I guess this is like where like I don't know the the phallic like what men want. She's driving Tuesday. on the highway Tuesday. from California to New York, Tuesday. <gasps> They're in the middle of the desert. <gasps> she is wearing high heels. She's wearing an outfit to go out clubbing in. Like, she looks, when she steps out, it's like, you know, that, like, hot girl shot, right? Like, where it starts at the high heel, works your way up the bare leg till you get to the skirt. And then she's, like, use her nipples are out <gasps> in her shirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, and out. she has a full face of makeup on. And I was, like... Uh, you know, I my my grandpa wears a suit when he travels in a plane. So I'm like, maybe she's like, I'm traveling. But I don't think she's the one that old fashioned. Or two, like, she would be wearing that on what is a hundred degree heat highway weather. Oh. And especially because she has four outfit changes throughout this whole thing. And all of the rest of her clothes, other than maybe a pair of jorts, are far more comfortable <laughs> to be wearing. I totally agree with you that it's a preposterous outfit to be wearing like in the heat of the desert as you're driving long distance alone there's not even someone else that you're like oh well i'm dressing up for my husband or like like, that there's a restaurant within within that you would be stopping it's established yeah there is nothing for 70 miles in either direction yeah which also i don't believe that that could be the case seems impossible (laughs) but i understand the reasoning for it for the movie's sake sure we were in that world but so i agree with you that her opening outfit makes no sense when you're in driving through a 140 mile stretch of the desert um but i wanted to say that the outfit that she wears which is a black blazer with shoulder pads yeah um it's long she has it has a the skirt has a wide like elastic black belt around the waist and then it flares out in the sort of um airy tulip style and then she's wearing a tight 
tank top. And this is like so quintessential 80s. Yep. Um, and also partially because of the like hairdo look. But you described it as a clubbing look. And I think it's actually more of a regular daytime dressy look. Oh, sure. And it also um, pops up again perfectly in the early 2000s when I am in high school. Mm. And mm-hmm. I one <laughs> of my go-to looks was a black blazer over a tank top with the skirt with the wide black Cute. elastic band. Do you have and any pictures? Maybe we, I'm sure, maybe I'm we sure toss it ten, up. No, no, uh, we're not going to toss it up. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm okay, just sorry. saying it's like, but it was different. It looked uh-huh. very 2000s, like very uh-huh. mid-2000s. And I felt incredibly fresh, incredibly stylish. I got it from the teen section yeah. at Nordstrom. You like, had drip. No, I did not have drip, but I, but I, I was like, I'm not saying I was like not stylish at all. Uh-huh. I'm like, I was following the trend. Sure. Like her look is extremely trendy. Yeah. That trend reappears. Um, it's one of the few things I felt like affectionate about this film. Oh, in. nice. So that's why I was desperate to sort of like jump in oh, and try I'm to interrupt you, you and talk about I'm it. I'm glad you did. But I'm happy to continue along your list of so other things there are maybe i want to say six different fantasy sequences of the boys hooking up with tuesday now when we're getting into should this film be destroyed Mm -hmm. i mean that's where i'm like yeah there's just too much you could maybe give each boy one and like that's you know they each have their fantasy sequence but there's or we were we were revisiting where it was like if this was a porn mm-hmm. now we're talking because yeah. if you have a 30 minute lead up to a threesome i porno, think you, st- you still need to do some significant recuts you still need to and, do some significant and, and recuts. maybe some reshoots but like recutting them. but i think as far as the caliber of the acting the storytelling the visuals mm-hmm. the amount of boob and horniness yeah. It would make a very impressive. It would be make a very porno. impressive porno. I'd be, I'd be like, now that's the kind of backstory I think you'd be some like, people are looking for. You'd be like, You're you should invested. pay money for oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. You should pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could bring $3. back the porno flick. You know, like. Well, I meant like, like oh, the way you would not buy. Uh, not, not, okay. No, not in theaters. No. Okay, okay. Ew. We're not going back to the. Oh to my the god! Okay. I didn't mean to say you. I'm not trying to yuck anybody's there yum. But is it's not for now me. most of the fantasy sequences, I'd say, were just like it's like them in the shower or them in the desert. But Ugh. there is one that actually sticks out that I I would call it like surrealism. Yeah. In terms of how insane it is, where uh, it it almost works outside of it all. It's the Thanksgiving dinner. Where he, uh, it's the nerd, uh, Matt, Matt, has married Tuesday and he's showing off to all his friends. He goes, my wife is hot and everyone else's wife is ugly, which I felt bad for whatever actresses they picked for that. But yeah. like, they're all sitting around for Thanksgiving dinner and then they fuck right on the middle of the table where he's also fisting two turkeys. And in this shot, she actually keeps on all of her clothes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, uh, mm-hmm. it's not gratuitous in terms of, mm-hmm. um, you know, showing her body. And in that, I was like, almost like, this is playing a little bit into like, is this is what men really want? It's not just that they want the woman; it's that they want to crush other men. That they yeah, are like want to show nightmare. their dominance. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. I'm yeah. not saying it's not a nightmare, but I was like, this is at least as opposed to just like more hooking up in a shower like it's at least trying to make some statement it's memorable i don't know if it is trying i mean it is trying to make a statement but i don't know if it's successful in oh, making it's that not statement really, no. it's, or is it just perpetrating that fantasy does it just display that visual recreate it reestablishment, reaffirm it in i think it doesn't because at the end I guess the moral lesson... There's no lesson, comeuppance. They're friends with her. They give her a hug and they go on her way. Well, like the, nothing uh, the, nothing me, happens to Matt to demonstrate to him. The only thing that happens is that... Well, they do have oh, a bit of a comeuppance. So they get saying, robbed by Charlie Sheen. Who's uh, honestly who's, great. Who's great. Who's fantastic. Where, Private, when, we, when, we, when we return... Part of, part of, and this is one of those episodes where you're like, where's the Nicolas Cage stuff? Well, we'll, where's we'll the get Nicolas to Cage? It. And well, I'll tell you, my Nicolas Cage stuff right now is... Why the hell is he doing this after Moonstruck? I don't understand. It feels it feels like a 
It feels like a personal attack, to be honest. <laughs> um, we'll get to him in just a moment, but 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 yeah, I I I understand that they do sort of see her as a human and uh, like cherish her at the end. And they're disgusted by the other men, the two pickup drivers, and how they're like the way they talk about Tuesday. Mm-hmm. They suddenly re- they suddenly feel this like. I think they do feel this pang of guilt of their, like, this is what we used to be like. To pick up But just a pang drivers. of guilt is not really enough. It's not enough. Is it? So, well, but it, it's something. I'm just saying there saying is. And their comeuppance is they get robbed tie out. I mean, I guess Tuesday also That's gets robbed. That's not their comeuppance. That's not. You just told me that their moment of recognition and truth mm-hmm. is later on with those guys in the truck. So. They're not attaching the Charlie Sheen to anything they've done. They're just like, this is just bad luck nightmare that's happened to me. Mm. This doesn't this doesn't feel like a connected consequence. Okay, fair. But I still think there is change from like we do see them changed from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. Sure. So there is some like I think I I think Adam Rifkin was trying to say women are people too, which yes, obviously. Uh, you no, can go it's much not deep. obvious. I guess it's not obvious. It's, well, you no, know, it is obvious. It's the 80s. It's, 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 yeah, it's not even obvious today in yeah. 2022. Uh, so you can't say it's the 80s. That's the other thing. This movie comes out in 1989. You know what else comes out in 1989? Lucy Regaray's Je Tenu. I wow. kid you not. I kid you not. The same year it's coming out. You think she out, saw this and was like, I she gotta was probably get some philosophy dis- she out. She definitely <laughs> did not see it, but if she had, she would have been disgusted. Mm-hmm. She would have been outraged. She would have been, I mean, I don't know for sure if she personally would have like these flare-ups of rage the way I feel and express my emotions. Mm-hmm. She might like do like a very French like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. But had a glass of wine, but I, I think she would have definitely like spat on the street and been like this mm-hmm. is despicable but i don't know i don't know i i go back but so, to like, so but, but oh. i feel like i do have some outrage to turn on you if you're being like it's 1989 everybody knows women are people too women can be presidents and i'm just like that's the t- that's the type of rhetoric that is so harmful of like mm. you're saying like you know what women have rights women even back in the 80s and i'm telling you in 2022 women do not have equal rights you shouldn't be saying that you're right. And you should acknowledge. I acknowledge. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I'll spank you later, too. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no spanking happening. Um, I also want to talk about just some other weird things that happen in this movie. That I'm. This is just where I'm like, how much of this is surrealism versus realism? Because all the cameos feel surreal. So this is where we keep talking about these famous cameos. You have the cameos that are happening here. Nicolas Cage is the first man to show up. Mm-hmm. The second man is Gilbert Gottfried selling... Like a combination toothbrush, hairbrush, pet brush, and like lint brush, which was so crazy. Uh, you have Judd Nelson as the police officer, and you have Charlie Sheen as the bad boy prison thief. Scary. Scary. Uh, all of these people at this point are famous. They've all like are names where yeah. no one in this film is named. They're all celebrity cameos. They're all and celebrity everybody cameos. else, it's their first film ever. Yes. Makes you really wonder, huh? I mean, I if I'm Adam, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm like, this oh is awesome. Oh my gosh, awesome. I'm not saying he shouldn't be happy. I'm making my film and I've got my I'm cameos. I'm just saying, maybe it's a blight on society when we let these little film bros run unhampered. Maybe I they should be clamped down upon. But I think rooted the, out. Yeah, I think destroyed. The, the thing is, is I think at the end of the day, mm-hmm. so few people have seen this movie, right? Well, more people are seeing it now. You were saying like, oh, oh, like isn't it? It's it's never meant to be seen or whatever. And I'm just like, things get seen. And to be to be fair, no. This has, <laughs> I don't this... have to be fair to him. But the point is, if you're wondering how, like, how is this resurging, it actually, in 2019, somebody tweeted about it, and they tweeted just Nicolas Cage's performance yep. from it, and then that spiked up huge and had it, like, quote-unquote, trending. It went viral. Of course. And so then people got access to it. But here's the thing. Um, I think not anticipating the longevity of your content is not an excuse 
for making offensive and harmful content. That's just my opinion. I I think you should always, when you're making content, mm-hmm. ensure that you are trying to not be offensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a 20-year-old boy trying to make a film is thinking about longevity. I think he's thinking about making a film. Uh, and I think there's, it's hard to, I mean, I still, I'm in that era now where I'm like, I have a short film that I'm working on now that I'm writing that I'm only thinking like in the next like six it months. Better I just want to be offensively bad. I'll crush you. I, it I'll might destroy be. You. It might be. And I, I think, not. I think with, with art, it's really tough because you have to walk this line yes. of ensuring art. But art is, you being can make an artist stuff that hard. doesn't age well, and you can also make stuff that is not one woman in your entire movie, and she's getting fucked. She's getting her boobs yes. are out. She's getting fantasized about in every single scene. She doesn't have any other female like support or relationships. There's no other female roles in this movie, and you're gonna tell me that this is a movie where the punchline is women are people too. You know what I mean? Like that. That actually sucks so badly that that I just want to remind you uh-huh. that you're gonna marry me, not yes. Adam Rifkin. No, I know. You I'm are digging your hole so not... deeply in the ground. If you want me to bury you, I will. I'm I not... absolutely I'm, will. I'm, I will. I will I, shovel I, the dirt okay. on you. I think what I'm but saying. But right now, your hole is so deep. I would love to extend the hand of friendship <laughs> to help you pull yourself out I'm... of there. But you can double down I'm if not... you wish on how you think this movie deserves to be born. I don't think here's I guess here's my where I'm getting stuck on, right? Alright. This movie itself is not good. I don't I think it's it is offensive and I think like a lot of it I'm just like rolling my eyes at it. Nah. But at the same time, it's I'm kind of like Also, the sound mixing is awful. The I just sound want mixing to is awful. I don't know how much of that is goes from like the upload to YouTube versus just... on VHS original. Mm, I would I would say in the car when they're talking, the radio's on, there's dialogue, and the car is rumbling. Yeah, I would you're say a good point. Good that point. is Fair. terrible. But you were saying... I was saying uh, I want to advocate for people making films. White men. I want to watch everything. I've And I watch a lot. I, you know this about me. I watch a lot of different films. I watch a lot of foreign films, and I like to... I watch a to... lot of films by white men. You do. I... You Christina. You do. It's true. Try it's, to deny it. Try to true, deny but... it. <laughs> what? Okay. A... <laughs> well, no, I mean, I do watch a lot of films by white men, mm-hmm. but I also because watch... Because they make a lot of films. Because they make Wouldn't a lot of films. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Because people let them make a lot of films. Yes, but so this maybe... is... When you're saying people let them make this film, mm-hmm. this... You don't... Like, anyone can make this film. This film was not shot for a insane budget. This film was shot... Like yeah, they, all tr- the cameras, truly, they truly, didn't get paid. Still, no, but none of the still, famous people still, got paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did like they did like free cameos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and stuff. but they still had like cameras and had like yeah, but this car props and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Don't, but even a lot of the, that footage they uh, were using stock uh, footage, stock footage mm-hmm. for. It. Like that's what I'm saying is like they did not make this for a lot of money. So it's not like a studio grant gave them a, if if Adam Rifkin got a studio grant for a million dollars to make this movie, I would 100 percent be on your side. I was like they should have awarded that money. To somebody else. Absolutely. But I think of like, you probably scraping together whatever money you had. Maybe it came from rich parents. I don't know. But like, just making that film on like a very low budget, well, that I, I feel, can't be I against. feel like you're, you're establishing a good spectrum of like, you're allowed to do what you want with your own money. If you want yeah. if you want to make bad movies with your own yes. money, you should be allowed to do that. Yes. And I, and I can get behind that thesis for sure. Mm-hmm. But I also... So yeah, so my radical crush him, don't allow him to make movies is not supportable. But I will double down on I'm allowed to say his movie is offensively bad. Sure, and, and I agree with you. Curse upon his we, name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish to high heaven he had never been able to make it. But I must respect his right to do so. Okay, there, there we go. It's that. It's terrible. Who says it? Is it Voltaire? You're into the French no. philosopher. <laughs> who says? Who's like, uh, I don't like what you have to say, but I will defend with uh, my life your right to say it. I didn't know it was Voltaire. It, it, could, uh, should it I, should easily I not be Voltaire. Oh my God. But if it is, Voltaire. I will feel so smart. So, 
this is going to be a tangent, but it's so topical to what we are discussing. Mm-hmm. The quote is, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Mm-hmm. It is often misattributed to Voltaire. And it is reportedly originated with a woman, wow. Evelyn Beatrice Hall. So she's an English author. There's a version in French. Um, he, Voltaire died in 1778. Mm-hmm. The earliest evidence of the saying appears in the 1906 book, The Friends of Voltaire, by Evelyn Beatrice Hall, writing mm. under a pseudonym. Mm. Um, and it seems like... Oh, and she put it in quotation marks. But she's like, it's me. So it seems like she was writing fan fiction about Voltaire. <laughs> wrote an incredible quote. Uh-huh. And everyone was like, that is exactly what he wow. would say. And it's like, what she would say. So there's this beautiful... Now we've got this beautiful work where a woman has so perfectly captured the voice of a man mm-hmm. that people take her words and attribute them to his mind mm-hmm. through time. Yeah. And, um... Wow. I'm glad when you first brought it up, I was nervous that, like, he simply stole it from her. Like, she oh. had it. No, but it's if, such a... It's, it's, a, it's a lovely... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a... I'm impressed that That's I so crazy. knew that Voltaire I'm was I'm impressed even that you knew Voltaire was even a part of that. Yeah, I would have been book. like, no, I so think I, that was Paul Revere. Yes. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my thing is I don't have to like your film, but I will defend you making it. And up I'm to like, a certain if it's the, if a woman said it, I guess I got to respect it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, we have really gone. This is crazy. We have really okay, gone I've off had enough. Here. Do you Let's mind if talk we about Nicholas Cage. A quick word from our sponsor, Marcus Hunter. Um, he's a white man, but we love him all the same. We love him all the same. Great guy. Yeah. And I, I would be happy for him to make films. So even oh. in, even if I had my, my ban on white men making <laughs> films, I would give him a little, uh, good boy permit. Wow. To keep making content. Marcus, so, uh, looks like it's time for your film. <laughs> so let's talk about Nicolas Cage. Okay. So he's in this, he's not credited. There's oh, no oh, IMDb because we were because we, I was I was wondering about like like so this is coming off of Moonstruck this is coming off of Vampire's Kiss is this a personal attack on me like <laughs> spitting in the eye of his critics saying mm-hmm. if you think that was bad just you wait until I do this um, but then the fact that it is released straight to VHS is so interesting for the living catalog of Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. because if you are even a fan of him going to the box office checking him out, you're not going to see this film. No. And as you're mentioning, he's not credited. There's no internet at this time for you to like go up and see it. And There's no internet? When is the internet? Come no, up? there will... Uh, sorry, there's no IMDb. That's right. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. IMDb. So there's no... Whatever. And there's no critical reviews of this whatsoever. So it's not like even... Oh, I'm reading the Washington Sun. Ra- our, and, boy, our boy, our uh, boy, Ebert's didn't didn't. Ever no, finish. no, 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 no. Roger Ebert didn't even know this film existed, and mm. so there's no way for me to like be reading it and go, oh, and Nicholas Cage, my favorite actor, like he's mentioned in this article, yeah. even though he's not credited in the movie. I gotta check it out for his canon. He's in a booby movie where he's not even doing the boobying. No, you know what he is doing. May I give you his full performance? Tell me. Yes. He arrives in a red Ferrari. He pulls up to the car wreck and he sees these three. And he goes... He's the first person who comes across them. He's the first person to come across them. They're like, we're saved. But he emerges and he's got his flat hair (laughs) in a middle part. Mm -hmm. It's like blonde, Uh bleachy, light brown, horrible. He has a huge prosthetic nose prosthetic nose like goes out like maybe two to three inches from his face Mm -hmm. um he's whispering like a goblin and his gestures are like a puppet on a string he is wearing a red jacket Mm -hmm. that is uh has been likened to the james dean red Uh bomber um and i thought it looked straight out of the thriller music video which was released in december of 1983 so yeah and he says in his whispering goblin in his voice whispering go, has anybody heard 
Can I give anyone a lift? Then he laughs. He's like, <laughs> and then he leaves. It's I checked him on screen, twenty four seconds. <laughs> That's crazy. That was a great performance. Thank you. Thank you. You didn't even to do the stage directions in between. I was like really transported. Yeah. But then you, and you blinked me in and out. And that happens also six minutes into the movie. Kind of relax. You're really screaming at me. I'm right here across the table. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. He's <laughs> sorry, but <laughs> quit performing for the audience. Perform for me. <laughs> <laughs> This is for the audience, though. Yeah, this but is also a podcast. it's for me. It's also okay. personal. This is a personal podcast, not affiliated with any third parties. Oh you know what I mean? It's yes. not for the audience. It's okay. for me. <laughs> well, I want to talk about... Okay. No! <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up that he looks like a puppet on strings. Because I don't know if you read the 2019 Vulture article where he was promoting a different movie. And this comes up because that's when that clip from Twitter that you talked about emerged and i want to get into this interview because he actually gets into it i definitely didn't read it i read i read some other um uh, entertainment weekly article that was interviewing the director Mm. so please what what, remind me again what was the platform that he did vulture Vulture. Vulture? yeah so the interview brings it up and he goes at the time this is nicholas cage he goes i'd come out wanting to be a surrealist which mm. mission accomplished and we've seen and yeah he likes andrew breton and bunuel who we watched a lot of bunuel and it's not really mm-hmm. in that world but like i guess like it's crazy mm-hmm. um and then the interview asked him i heard the prosthetic nose was your idea and i'm just gonna read you this quote because it's unbelievable the whole thing yeah the character was just some sleazy guy who wanted to pick up a girl in a ferrari and that wasn't interesting to me so I came up with a concept. This character has a physical deformity. He looked like a freak, long nose, bullied as a kid, called Pinocchio in the schoolyard. His father felt bad for him, bought him a nice red Ferrari to make him feel good. He's lonely, and so when he sees these people on the side of the road, he wants to help them and see if they're hurt. I started screaming, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, in the scene before they cut it out. And I just got back in my car and drove right away. That's the whole character, all in 16 seconds. That, to me, is interesting. I wasn't going to be some guy in a swanky jacket with gold medallions. Hey, baby, get in my car. How many times have we seen that? And then the interviewer says, it's about delivering something novel by any means necessary. He says, exactly, and why not? If I'm in a cameo and I'm not getting paid, let me do whatever I want to make some of my experimental visions come true. They said, go for it. The three most beautiful words any actor can hear on the set, especially Nicolas Cage. And I do it again, by the way. I do it again. If someone offered me a cameo and gave me free reign to explore, I'd do it again in a second. Christina, this is our chance to me. have a film where we can offer Nicolas Cage a cameo. No, where he can do I would never. I wouldn't wants. do it. I wouldn't do it. My whole, my whole manifesto is that directors who just let Nicolas Cage do whatever he wants without an eye on the work as a whole are pieces of shit. Are pieces of shit who don't care about Christina, what they're making, who are just excited Christina, to be around Nicolas Cage. Because, I would be so I mean, excited to be thing. around Here's Nicolas my thing. Cage. If okay. you want to do that, if you want to do that, you should build the work around it. You should know he's going to do something Something surreal and, and insane but the the work as a whole here is not surreal and insane it tries to live w- well within reality quote-unquote reality it has like you say surrealist elements of the dreamlike fantasies and whatever but it's also supposed to be like it's like like the rest of them are doing pretty natural yes. natural like like it feels more like bad acting than surreal acting sure you know i think all I mean? the other cameos though feel a little more in the surreal world they feel they feel larger than life. Yes, they are not surreal the way Nicholas like like Charlie <laughs> Sheen's character is cool and good. Gilbert Gottfried's character is totally silly and outrageous, but they still le- live in the realm of a world where teens can be like trapped in the desert with no water for yes. twenty four hours and not die or have any uh-huh. sunburns. Like they're fine, and these like dream like figures emerge. They live in that world. Nicholas Cage does not live in that world. So if if you're gonna if we're gonna give him a blank check to appear. <laughs> In our movie, the blank check says zero dollars on it. You can just do whatever you want. In you would our movie. not take that. No, I'm telling you, if we're gonna do that, you uh-huh. need to make the movie. You need to be like, oh, you. I you, am making a Brunel film. It's going to be a serialist I see, I see. work. You can't be like, I'm gonna make Seventeen again, but it's gonna have a Nicolas Cage cameo. And in order to not pay him anything, I'll let him do what he wants. Fair. And that'll be really fun for me and my friends. Here's what I that's, will say That's for where you, I'm though. like, you're a piece of shit. Here's, you're a piece of here's shit. What I'll you say. used to be here's a piece of I'll shit. Say. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> what? He obviously was able to channel Pinocchio because you said the boy on strings. He 
in his two lines was able to come across to you as Pinocchio. Yes, he played Pinocchio in this movie. And without saying it, and with, I mean, a weird prosthetic nose to be sure, you got it. That, But I didn't me, get it. To me, I was success. like, no. <laughs> to me, I'm like, knowing that he was like, I want to play a guy named Pinocchio. Like, all that backstory, I'm like, okay, that all makes sense now. But I didn't have any of the backstory, and you don't get it. He just appears and he drives away. So what are you left with as the viewer? You're like this Shock. super famous, <laughs> outrageously handsome Fox superstar pulls up in the red car. And in, in order to avoid appearing as he usually does, maybe even as he is, which is a gorgeous guy who could drive up and pick up a chick. Isn't that, to me, that's frightening enough on its own. That's very Ted Bundy. Like, what? Uh-huh. He's like, I'll have a physical deformity. Yes. So cursed. And all it does to me is you're like, people with big noses are so weird and like could drive up trying to help you. And you'd be like, I would rather die in the desert than have help from someone with a big nose <laughs> and whose arms are like gesticulating weirdly. Like, like I'm like, it's, it's punching down. On it, big it, nose? It's punching down on big nose. It's punching down on weird people because he doesn't, you don't actually see this guy like do anything weird. And it's it's my sort of issue with, um, was X the, don't yawn while I'm talking. This is very interesting what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a joke because I understand it's not. And I appreciate your patience with me. But isn't X the movie we just saw with Mia Goth? Yes. And my issue with that was like, you can't rely on people being ugly for that being a reason to be scared of them. Mm. And in the movie, he's just ugly and weird, and that's why they feel justified being scared of him and not accepting his help. Mm. That, to me, again, is a harmful portrayal in the media. Sure. Of, like, people who are ugly and awkward, which those people exist, and they are punched down on by society Constantly. all the time. Yes. And that is not fun. Ugly people rights. Ugly people rights. Ugly people rights. Ugly people rights. But I will will say, I will say, you have changed my opinion on Nicolas Cage, at least of where I was like, this bastard is punching on ugly people rights versus I think he has been consistent where he's like, number one, first and foremost, I am an actor who loves my craft and I will take advantage of any vessel in which I can try to accomplish that and do that. And it's your problem if I break your vessel in doing that. <laughs> if my oceans yes. overflow the flimsy little ship bottle that you had prepared, mm-hmm. that's not on me. Like, I am I have my own issues about whether or not that level of control or, or relationship to your environment is worthy mm-hmm. of the greatest actor of all time. But I will say I can at least appreciate, before I was going to say, I was really going to get, you know, get nasty. my teeth, yeah. get nasty, get nasty. <laughs> and I will say, you have eased me up on the, why shouldn't I take advantage of the chance to do my craft the way oh, I sure, wish? Oh, yeah. Especially if he kind of also knows people won't see this. And so I can really, like, truly use it as, like, I'm, like, just, like, getting I, to I do not I don't know. I don't, I'm not, sorry, I'm just not going to, like, get away with the he knows people won't see this. I don't know if he... I'll tell you, I've done some films, some student films where I go. I, he's just showing up. He's a cameo on set. He just, like, shows up, fills, and leaves. He, you, you can't bank him doing his performance on being, like, no one will see this. I guess. It could still, he doesn't know that it's not going to have a theatrical release. Don't, don't. I don't know if he, I mean, I mean he might know that already. He definitely doesn't know I guess that. he doesn't How know this. How would you okay, know no, that? I you guess don't, you don't know, know that. that until the movie fair, is fair, done fair, and fair. you're trying to get it. To, but it's but also, it's still. I'm just, all I'm saying the, is you can't, don't. You, I've given you okay. so much ground okay, okay. here. I've given okay, you okay. so much okay. ground. No, okay. you can okay. hold up your hand okay. all you want to try to stop me. No, don't. Yeah. There no. Let the people know. Let the people know that uh, there comes a point where I will not stand for this. I will not let you treat me this way. Maybe my mother is always like, you're so crazy or too much right. But you know what? Whatever. Whatever. You and my mom can both sit on that side of the table and I will tell you how it is. I will tell you how it is. All of this will be cut. No! <laughs> um, let the people know. We have been talking about this movie for far too long. This movie doesn't deserve this much time. Let's get into the ratings and see how we feel about it. I think you already know. Christina? Lowest star rating. Barely a movie. <laughs> um, maybe a one for Nicolas Cage. 
I definitely think this is a half star movie. Um, not a lot of redeeming qualities, tbh. Uh, I do like this again. Feels like a, a. It feels a little different than Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where I gave him a check plus for for oh, showing yeah, up. Oh yeah, I was wondering. If you um, would give the but check. I like think this is just a check. I'm like, you know what? He showed up and he kind of did something. Yeah, I wouldn't say watch Why this movie. I can't give him any rating out of it. I don't even know what I'm judging on. I guess like like creativity. Uh, it'd be like a three. Like you know, I guess maybe there's a three or a four out of ten. Do not watch this movie. Do not watch it for him. Do not watch it for the movie. I would say in general, just avoid this movie. You can watch the little clip. The you can watch clip. actually that. Watch the clip. In fact, watch the clip and you'll know what we're talking about, and you'll be like, oh. And this one, as opposed to like Vampire's Kiss, where I was like, if you watch clips of that movie and not the whole movie, you don't actually get the whole experience. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you get the whole experience with the clip here. Yeah. You know exactly what, definitely, what happened. Definitely. Save yourself some time. Definitely, definitely. Well, now you know how we feel about the movie. We would love to hear from you, our listeners. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Cage Old Question and send any emails to cageoldquestionpod at gmail.com. We got our first email from my beloved Hannah Siobhan Deegan. I love you so much, my angel. She mentioned um, Best of Times, which is great because I wanted to talk about it again. Um, Hannah said that she had a little cackle when we were talking about the musical episodes, musical numbers, because she remembered you performing in her show, in her her directed uh mounted stage performance of how i learned to drive uh in the still of the night was the musical number she said you were a true professional oh thank you you remember that yes i do thank you hannah um but speaking of best of times i wanted to and another production that you're in like how i learned to drive i wanted to shout out to dino portals now on youtube which is an unbelievably great little web yeah. series that works as a pilot. Way better that than Never on Tuesday. So <laughs> much better, not only than Never on Tuesday, but also of best of oh, times, yeah. I would say. Totally. If you're like, I want to see a fun, modern, like, would-be pilot cast of, like, youths trying to figure out life, and, like, that's really funny, good stuff. Um, and then Hannah also, I thought, very wisely noted, uh, is it just me, or are we seeing a lot less boob? lately because the movies have been today they were less they were less booby (laughs) when she wrote this in um and they have been they've come back vampire's kiss i felt was quite booby oh yeah uh and then certainly this never on tuesday was very booby oh yeah um so the boobs boobs are back in back in boobs are back if you like what you've heard here today, please subscribe to this podcast and feel free to throw a five-star review our way. If you'd like to leave a less than five-star review, just wait until you forget about it. For our next episode, we are watching the 1989 film Time to Kill. You're shaking your head, but I'm pretty sure that's true. It's right. I'm just not looking forward to it. Oh, great. <laughs> we hope you'll watch with us and listen in. Signing off, this is Christina. And our two Nazareth. Asking you. The cage old question. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, oh no, not the beard! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny.